tell you what the alien agenda is. And it's going to sound very familiar. The alien agenda is the complete takeover of this planet, the killing off of five, six, to seven eighths of the world's population by the year 2029. The whole blood drinking ceremony of the satanic world. Wall Street, the Illuminati. Children are being killed for their bone now. The end of the world as we know it. This one world government, this one world economy. America will always choose independence and cooperation over global governance, control, and domination. Come on, come on, to the depths of our imagination. You may not like what you find, but after all, it's our mind. Welcome to the apocalypse, which is the phase we have just entered. We're going to get to that. Thanks for tuning in and let's get into it. Let's just catch up on last week and um, catch you up in my life. I, uh, of course... I checked out the haunting of Bly Manor, and I—I <laughs> I, want to say I loved it, but I also don't. I, I never once got scared, right? So I—if you watched um, on Netflix, of course, the haunting of Hill House. That was a fantastic season, right? Ten episodes of action-packed scares left and right background ghost constantly and it was impressive it was one of the best uh, pieces of horror i've seen in a long time at least for modern tv and movies now let's um let's talk about the new season then let's talk about the haunting of bly manor i was is a very anticipated continuation of the haunting of hill house i obviously they're doing a multiple or multiple season kind of like american horror story where they're going to kind of recycle the same actors and different characters which i really enjoyed i don't mind that at all but let me just get my complaining out of the way the show the new season was not scary at all not even a little bit. Now, there was a few scenes where it was like, oh, my God. And again, miniature spoilers, I guess. Actually, full spoilers. If you haven't seen it yet, skip through this. If you care. I know what you're here for. But, uh, you know, me and my foreplay, that's what I call warming up the show. I can't just jump straight into my topics for the day. So, The Haunting of... Hill House, again, an amazing season, super scary, great thriller, and a great story, kept you wrapped in with the characters the whole time, 
And I loved the modern to flashback back and forth the whole time. Kept two different storylines going. I really enjoyed that. Now, this new season, The Haunting of Bly Manor, did the same things uh, with its own twist. Uh, the, the flashbacks back and forth, I really enjoyed, especially when you find out that they're dream hopping. I did not expect a concept like dream hopping to enter its way into this. So, again, I don't want to fully spoil anything, but it wasn't scary at all. The entire, the entire season was nothing but character development. Really intense character development. And you get to learn multiple timelines from these characters from different perspectives different point of views, which is good. I don't mind that at all. I just wish that there would have been more scares. And I will give the props to there being a a shitload of background ghosts, little Easter eggs that you wouldn't see. And that was one thing I really enjoyed about the first season was you have to watch every single shot. If you turn away, if you text for one minute, you could miss a background ghost. And, you know, your eyes will play tricks on you, which I really enjoy. So it's like, is that a ghost? What the hell is that back there? Is that supposed to be there? And then when the shot cuts back, it's gone. So it's like, dude. And then this new season, again, miniature spoilers. In this new season, there's a couple scenes where you see something happening. And then whenever the person leaves the shot, in the background, you have like a, an old school doll or something that'll just like move its head and you may or may not notice it. I love the subtlety and I'm going to, I'm going to be honest. I really did like, um, the season halfway through the season. I'm sitting in my bed. Like, is this going to get scary? Like, is this going to ramp up? And if you've seen it, you know what I'm about to talk about. The one scary element that I found within the show was, the lady in the water, right? Creepy lady with long hair, white dress, classic. There's classic horror elements. But the thing that they put on it, little twist that they put on it, that regular scary movies never put on it, is aggression. Just sheer aggression. First time you really get a real horror glimpse of this lady in the water or lady in the lake, it just comes out of nowhere, and it ends the episode, and it's gorgeous. It's like the seventh or eighth episode. Now, it's the end of the eighth, I believe. They're in, they're in the house, and like you see, um, you see the character walk. And, and the way that they're filming this, he's kind of walking down the hallway, and the hallway splits into kind of an atrium, and then you have a hallway on both sides. You can't see them. So the camera pans around as he walks, and then you see... Or actually, it wasn't that one. It was because, again, they go back and forth, back and forth, hard to keep up with what's what. However, it was outside. So they kind of show how the, episode, how the season ends in a way, and then they kind of backtrack and kind of fill in gaps for you. And then it revisits that scene again. So in the scene, she goes to escape with the children. And when she goes outside to run, like she goes there screaming. And then when she turns, this lady from the lake, comes out of nowhere and just grabs her by the throat and walks away with her. That's her, like, M.O. That's how she t- 
takes her victims, right? She just comes out of nowhere, grabs you by the throat, and drags you away. That was badass. Not going to lie. That got me excited thinking there might be a big scare coming. There wasn't. Now, I'll tell you why I do like the show. And uh, Granted, the lack of horror really bothered me because I spent 10 hours watching this show. But after the show ended, my initial thoughts were, I just watched a lesbian love story unfold for 10 episodes labeled as horror. And now I get the ending point. The ending point of the show was it was a horror story. The message they're trying to send is that love is a horror story. And that's what it showed. I mean, the end of the show is not a good ending. You feel okay about it, but you're still you're still bummed out, right? You're down because it's sad. I don't know. I'm not really going to delve too far into it. I just want, you know, I did a little mini review on the first season way back when. It's on the YouTube channel. And I figured I'd throw another one out. I, I've waited a long time for them to put this season out. And it's finally here. So, Haunting of Bly Manor, I, I recommend that people check it out. I'm a little late on the review. Most people have probably already seen it. That's why I'm spoiling it. Who gives a shit? But that's not why we're here today. Why we're here today, and no, it's not to talk about the election. I'll talk about it for a minute. We're just we're a week past it, and here we are, still trying to figure things out. Even though Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have been called the presidential elect. Just like Pelosi and Podesta and Clinton all said would happen. Not assumed they said it would happen. Now let's just take a second to reflect on our new our new presidential elect. What do you think? You want to hear some clips of Joseph? Because I always do. We choose truth over facts. <laughs> I don't know why that one's so small, but I like it. And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down. So it was straight, and then watch the hair come back up again. They'd look at it. So I learned about roaches. I learned about kids jumping on my lap. Uh, one more. All men and women created by the, go, you know the, you know the thing. That's right. This is just for all my Biden voters out there, and for all my black Biden, Biden voters. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Mm. They sure are, bud. So the election went as I figured it would. If you heard any of my predictions or how I said it would go, I said that Trump would win in a landslide late on election night. Okay. And then they would steal it. They would crash the system with all these mail-in ballots coming out of nowhere. And that's exactly what they did. I stayed up nearly all night on election night. All right. I stayed up, and what I saw was an initial, almost the opposite of what the left-wing media said would happen. They said that we, there would be a big red mirage, and it would just look like Trump took the election, and then the mail-in ballots would all be counted, and then Biden would win. It was kind of not, it was kind of the opposite. So, Biden took an enormous lead. Why? Because 
right out of the gate, all the mail-in votes were counted first. All the mail-in votes were all going to be Democrat because conservatives and Republicans aren't scared to go vote in person like they want you to be. Big COVID scare, which is what today's show is about. And uh, I'm excited to get to that. Got a lot for you today. So Biden just takes an enormous election lead. I was watching this like, Jesus. I mean, at one point, Biden was like 160, 170. Or no, Biden was at like 190 something. Trump barely broke 100. That was the amount of mail-in ballots for Biden. Now, late in the night, same story as 2016, Trump takes a really enormous uh, uh, spike. Or, yeah, an upward spike. I mean, he's, he was on his way to victory. Once all the, the states started getting all their in-person counts in and votes counted, oh, the graph for Trump shot up. He was projected to win at 308, which would have been a record. So as soon as, as soon as Trump started to take a big lead, or not, he actually never took the lead, but as soon as he started getting close, because I believe Biden was at 230-something, and then you got Trump, who just hit like 216, 217, catching way up. And then it all stopped. They shut it down. They just stopped. Now, you're probably like, well, how is this legal? How can they do this? Beats me. Even the president seemed a bit beside himself. He even said it. They just decided to stop. And as soon as he took or was on his way to win the election, they put a stop to the counting. And then we're almost two weeks past the election, and they're still counting mail-in votes. They've called Joe Biden the president. They've given acceptance speeches. I mean, they've stole it. They've stole it right in our face, which is why I'm not going to spend a great deal of time talking about the election because that's all anyone talks about right now. And if you're conservative, if you're Republican, you, you got to just understand that we've just entered hell. Okay, we've just entered the actual apocalypse. It's not what you thought it would be, but we're here. It's in the air. So I'm not telling conservatives and Republicans to stop fighting. Never let it go. Never let our freedom go. Because I'll tell you, starting today, Monday, November 9th, Trump is uh, taking these states to court. Now, in my opinion, this, this whole legal ordeal, they can announce whoever they want to be president right now. Ultimately, it's going to come down to either one or two things. Either it's going to come down to the already stated coup to have the military remove Trump when he doesn't concede immediately, and which they want him to do now. And he refuses to concede. They call him unfit, deem him a dictator, and they have him removed with the military. That's the plan. Or it goes to the Supreme Court. That's my, my prediction is that it'll end up in the Supreme Court. And Amy Coney Barrett is going to stab Trump right in the back. I never wanted her in there. 
a lot of a lot of conservatives didn't want her in there. We just need somebody red in there before they packed the courts, stuffed it with Democrats, which they still might do. As soon as they get rid of fracking, destroy our oil industry, all the truckers in America are going to be striking um, this week, I believe, and storming D.C. The Patriot rallies are already mobilizing in cities. They woke up the beast. I said it last week. They opened up the beast. Or I'm sorry. They opened the floodgates for conservatives, Republicans, um, patriots. You know, you listen to these Black Lives Matter events, these little rallies that they have. That, that by the way, the media is giving false coverage per usual. They're doing a technique used in film called a crop shot. There's other names for it, but the I've heard it as a crop shot. And what that is is. It's technique for filming something to make it appear bigger. Okay. So what they've done with these little bitty Black Lives Matter crowds, which is no more than a couple thousand people. And they they shoot it really close, kind of cropping flush with the edges of the crowd. But they zoom in past that and kind of swing back and forth to kind of give this illusion that there's a shitload of people when there's not. So we got somebody who took drone footage and you can look this up on YouTube or wherever it's not banned. And um, he flies over some of these Biden uh, or Black Lives Matter rallies. And it's it's a thousand people, maybe. You go to these um, these Patriot rallies, these Patriot protests, Stop the Steal protests. And you got 12,000, 13,000 people filing in. Alex Jones shows up, another thousand show up. Alex Jones leaves. Another 2,000 show up. It's just the only way to stop the steal of this election, and then I'll move on, is we have to show them the numbers. Show them that they're wrong. Show the American people that these people are actually stealing it because they're in denial. It's disillusioned. This is all a plan that's been predetermined by the people who run this world. And we know who those people are, but... This is not random. I've said this for week after week after week. So just keep fighting, keep protesting, keep pushing, and don't let Black Lives Matter and Antifa take down our streets. And don't let them burn down our businesses. So what do we got in today's show? Obviously COVID, but we're going to talk about... So I did an episode about the Great Reset. Okay, and I'll play the clip for you right quick just to catch you up to speed. It's a miniature little Great Reset clip. Check it out. We have an incredible opportunity to create entirely new sustainable industries, investing in nature as the true engine of our economy. The current global crisis has disrupted every aspect of our lives. But it has also presented us with an extraordinary opportunity, a chance to reset and accelerate efforts to improve the state of our world. Changing our current trajectory will require bold and imaginative action, together with determination and decisive leadership. In order to secure our future and to prosper, we need to evolve our economic model, putting people and planet 
at the heart of global value creation. If there is one critical lesson we have to learn from this crisis, we need to put nature at the heart of how we operate. We are on the verge of catalytic breakthroughs that will alter our view of what is possible and profitable within the framework of a sustainable future. We need nothing short of a paradigm shift, one that inspires action at revolutionary levels and pace. COVID. We simply cannot waste any more time. The only limit is our willingness to act. So I played that clip um, a handful of times. And um, that's the great reset coming from the Davos group, right? So let's go over here and start reading. I'm going to teach you some things today, okay? So for years, right? For years, we know what groups have been running the world at different points. The Rockefeller Foundation, the Rothschilds. Um, it goes on and on and on. And obviously, it the Illuminati is a, a bit subjective, okay? So this whole push for globalism has been going on since the 40s, even before that. Let's talk about the Rockefeller family, okay? They've been a forefront of eugenics, which is the science of population control, since about 1902, okay? Now, Rockefeller, David Rockefeller's oldest brother, John, established a population council, all right? The eugenics program developed, tested, and implemented various bio-warfare tools, all right, as a means of controlling population growth. Since then, efforts at creating the necessary infrastructure, research bodies, lab testing, also experimentations, all happen today. Okay, documentation has proved that biological warfare is a reality. And Bill Gates... Bill Gates has warned us about, I don't want to say warned us, told us about biowarfare, saying that's his number one fear. All right. The United States is the forefront of this. Other nations, I mean, they have the, you know, the capability, you know, to some degree, but the U.S. is obviously the most advanced in these fields. Okay. So the Rockefeller family obviously entered the oil business in the 1800s. You know, the oil industry was only six years old. Imagine that. No other family, elite or any other, know the oil industry like that. Okay. So just think about that for a second. By the end of 45, the dominant force in America was the five Rockefeller brothers. Their mandate was to take control of the entire globe, to eliminate any rivals on its quest for global dominance. Even, even Hitler's extermination policies against Jews and all the other minorities was funded by the Rockefeller family. Let that sink in. Starting in the 60s, early 70s, the first fruits of their research yielded the AIDS virus. 
devastated third world nations, right? Of course, followed by the viruses like SARS, Ebola, avian flu, you know, on and on and on. Now, regarding COVID-19, the authors are the same. And the targets are all economic, geopolitical rivals of the U.S., China, China, China and Iran. Okay, Iran doesn't get talked about like it should, but nevertheless, um, everybody else who's in, you know, involved is through China. All right. Now, in Iran's case, there's a strange phenomenon. The senior government, government, and parliamentary officials have been targeted. In the last 15 years, China has seen an emerging rival to the U.S., right? We know that. Its controllers, the Rockefeller family, we know that. They underwent several acts of economic and financial warfare from the U.S. in recent trade negotiations in order to make China kneel fast. Okay, Trump took them by surprise. The family then launched the COVID-19 virus on China. Iran and Italy suffered the exact same fate, especially Italy. Now, the UN, United Nations, is a Rockefeller entity. The WHO is a part of the UN apparatus. We find that the WHO was very quick to issue a pandemic alert. When there is zero proof, the common flu has claimed more lives in the past two months than the COVID-19 virus. So, we find that these power brokers are playing a dangerous game. Okay, in 03, media spread fear-mongering. Of course, about SARS, which proved to be overblown, just like COVID. Okay, in 09, the WHO falsely predicted a global swine flu. H1N1 could affect as many as 2 billion people over the next two years. Also, fraud. Fear-mongering at the same time aimed to convince people to take experimental, untested, toxic, and extremely dangerous vaccines that can damage the human immune system and cause health problems ranging from annoyingly uh, simple symptoms to life-threatening. Of course, a similar scenario today. The U.S. had to active... Sorry, the U.S. had an active biological warfare program since the 40s. Okay, it implemented a secret program to develop offensive and allegedly defensive bioweapons using controversial testing methods. Okay, World War II, the U.S. Chemical Warfare Services began mustard gas experiences on about 4,000 servicemen. Let that sink in. So again, this... This isn't starting today. I mean, since the 40s, VA patients, which is our servicemen, have been guinea pigs for these medical experiences, experiments. So, let's talk about more of the Rockefeller Foundation and their 2010 report. They do a yearly report, and there was something very particular about the 2010 report. All right. 
So the reaction by Western governments on this virus closely follow the guidelines of the 2010 report, which is why it's it's so important. So the report in question has the title Scenarios for the Future of Technology and International Development. It was published in May of 2010, okay, with the Global Business Network of Futurist Peter Swartz. Remember that name. The report contains various futurist scenarios, so uh, these run-through scenarios of our future with viruses by Swartz and his company. Okay, one scenario carries the title Lockstep. I'm sure you've probably heard Project Lockstep. Let's talk about it. It was called Lockstep, a world of tighter top-down government control and more authoritarian leadership with limited innovation and growing citizen pushback. This is where it gets fun. So the Swartz scenario states, in 2012, the pandemic that the world had been anticipating for years finally hit. Unlike 2009's H1N1, this new influenza strain, originating from wild geese, was extremely virulent and deadly. Even the most pandemic-prepared nations were quickly, quickly overwhelmed when the virus streaked around the world, infecting nearly 20% of the global population and killing 8 million in just 7 months. Okay. He continues, the pandemic, sorry, the pandem- during the pandemic, where did I go? I lost my place. The pandemic also had a deadly effect on economies. International mobility of both people and goods screeched to a halt. Debilitating industries like tourism and breaking go- global supply chains, which we're seeing today. Even locally, normally bustling shops and office buildings sat empty for months devoid of both employees and consumers. Again, very familiar. Then the scenario gets really interesting. During the pandemic, national leaders around the world flex their authority and impose airtight rules and restrictions. From the mandatory wearing of masks to body body temperature checks at the entries of communal spaces like train stations, supermarkets, even after the pandemic faded, this more authoritarian control and oversight of citizens and their activities stuck and even intensified. In order to protect themselves from the spread of increasingly global problems, from pandemics and transportational terrorism to environmental crisis. Wait a minute, breaking news. Hold that thought. Now from Fox News, Trump says he has terminated... Secretary of Defense, Mark Esper. All right, see, folks, I'm going to return to this uh, Rockefeller Foundation coverage here. But I want to say, I'm going to get to my theory on the Trump situation at the end of the podcast, but I will say this, you're going to see arrests start happening. You're going to see terminations and arrests. Just be ready for that. Anyways, where was I? Leaders from around the world took a former No A firmer grip on power Alright Now The relevant question Whether the Rockefeller Empire Are using widespread fears around the COVID-19 To advance an agenda of 
quote, lockstep, which is top-down social control, one that would include stark limits on just travel, perhaps replacing of cash by what they're calling sanitary electronic cash, mandatory vaccination, even through the long term, even though the long term side effects are not even safe. Unlimited surveillance and the curtailing of personal freedoms, such as political protests on the excuse it will allow identification of people who will refuse to be tested or vaccinated. Many countries are shut down. They shut down schools, universities, increasing uncertainties, spreading more fear, which is what that, that is their power. That is their move taking us over by fear. Okay, much of the Rockefeller 2010 scenario is already here. Fear is never the sound of reason. And a lot of people would gladly give up all of their freedoms just to know that they're safe. This is how they play it out. So, let's see. So I guess we're just waiting around to see what's going to unravel with uh, the Rockefeller Foundation, but we can talk about post-lockdown. Now, I want to play a clip real quick, real quick, real quick of Mike Pompeo, who uh, used to be the uh, head of the CIA, who answers to only Soros and the Rockefeller Group. This was him on TV. Somebody recorded this off their cell phone as you're going to hear him talking in the video. And he recorded it off his TV, and just listen. I thought it was a pandemic. The Chinese government was the first to know of this risk to the world. And that puts a special obligation to make sure that data, the data gets to our scientists, our professionals. This is not about retribution. This matters going forward. We're in a, we're in a live exercise here to get this right. We, we need to make sure that even today, the data sets that are available to every country, including data sets that are available. Now we're in an exercise? I thought there was a full-blown uh, pandemic. Not an, not an exercise, not a drill. So, Mike Pompeo slips on TV, calls coronavirus an exercise, an operation. And of course, President Trump, his response to this was, you should have told us, which I love. Now, in the Rockefeller uh, hierarchy or totem pole of power, Mike Pompeo, or Pompey, whatever it is, has a higher position than Trump. You got to remember, Pompey was the head of the CIA before being made Secretary of State. Okay, the head of the CIA is answerable to only the Rockefeller Foundation and family, not the president. That's the reality, folks, within our government. So there he is talking about uh, this operation that we're in while Fauci stands next to him smiling. So first comes this uh, farce, okay? Pretty much universal government lie around the globe about a deadly virus who the WHO named COVID-19, okay, a decision for a global lockdown, literally the collapse of the world economy, okay, 
It's already taken. And the key delegate, sorry, key delegates at the WEF conference in Davos, again, the Davos group, were informed of all this. Okay? In January, the WHO declared COVID. They declared it a public health emergency, an international concern. At that time, I mean, there were only 150 known COVID cases outside of China. Now, what's the reason you would lock down the world unless you know what's coming? Okay, in March, the director general of the WHO converted the uh, PHEIC, which is a uh, public health emergency of international concern, into a pandemic. This gave them the green light to to start implementing their plan. Okay? The pandemic, it was needed. It was needed to collapse the world economy and our social fabric as we know it. This isn't a coincidence, right? Nothing's random. It's all calculated. Like I said, there was a number of events prepping for this, all pointing in the direction of the worldwide monumental historic disaster. Started about 10 years ago, probably earlier. Okay. Going back to, again, the Rockefeller report from 2010, it painted the first phase of this plan. Lockstep. Okay, among the preparatory moves of pandemic was Event 201, held in New York City, where they planned these things for decades. Who sponsored this event? John Hopkins Center for Public Health. Also, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Also, the World Economic Forum, the WEF. Okay, this is their club of rich and powerful that meet every January in Davos, Switzerland. Okay, participating were a number of pharmaceuticals, vaccine interest groups, also the CDC from the U.S. and of China. So, Event 201, all right, was a computer simulation of the coronavirus. The simulated virus was called SARS-2 and COV, right? That's the original, or it eventually got changed to 2019-NCOV. The simulation results were disastrous, killing 65 million people in 18 months, plunging the stock market more than 30%, causing untold unemployment and bankruptcies, Precisely the scenario of which we're living right now. Now, the lockdown scenario foresees a number of ghastly and disturbing events and components of the plan to be implicated, or sorry, implemented by the so-called Agenda ID 2020, which is a Bill Gates creation, fully integrated into the UN Sustainable Development Goals, SDG. Now, 2030, which was called, I think, Agenda 2030, is the target date for completion for this plan. It's a hidden agenda unknown to most of the UN members, mind you. 
the same target date for completing Agenda ID 2020. Okay, these are key elements as a precursor to what the world is in. Okay, first we have a massive vaccination program, probably through compulsory vaccination. Hence, Bill Gates' dream and brainchild is vaccinating 7 billion people. Now, last week we talked about Bill Gates running or in charge of all these vaccines being flooded into Africa, killing people, sterilizing people. None of it helps. Okay, then we have massive population reduction, a plan with eugenics. Okay, in part through vaccinations. Okay, here's a quote from Bill Gates. If we are doing a real good job vaccinating, we may reduce the world population by 10% to 15%. Okay, he told you this in a speech, uh, I think in his TED Talks in 2010. I played a clip of that from 2010 last week. I wonder if I still... Which one is it, man? Man, 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 man. This might be it. Of all the things that are out there, what could cause an excess in a single... Nope, wrong one. This is it. Enjoy. Yep, this is the TED Talk. When I was a kid, the disaster we worried about most was a He sounds like a war. Muppet. That's why we had a barrel like this down in our basement filled with cans of food and water. When the nuclear attack came, we were supposed to go downstairs, hunker down, and eat out of that barrel. <laughs> Today, the greatest risk of global catastrophe doesn't look like this. Instead, it looks like this. If anything kills over 10 million people in the next few decades, it's most likely to be a highly infectious virus. He's telling us. Not Fucker. missiles, but microbes. Now, part of the reason for this is that we have invested a huge amount in nuclear deterrence. But we've actually invested very little in a system to stop an epidemic. We're not ready for the next epidemic. Let's look at Ebola. I'm sure all of you read about it in the newspaper. Uh, lots of tough challenges. I followed it uh, carefully through the uh, case analysis tools we use to track polio eradication. And as you look at what went on, the problem wasn't that there was a system that didn't work well enough. The problem was that we didn't have a system at all. In fact, there are some pretty obvious uh, key missing pieces. We didn't have a group of epidemiologists ready to go who would have gone, seen what the disease was, see how far it had spread. Uh, the case reports came in on paper. Uh, it was very delayed before they were put online, and they were extremely inaccurate. We didn't have a medical team ready to go. We didn't have a way of preparing people. Now, Medicine Sans Frontiers did a great job orchestrating volunteers, but even so, we were far slower than we should have been getting the thousands of workers into these countries. 
and a large epidemic would require us to have okay you can finish that his whole ted talk is on youtube again he just tells us what's coming and this is in 2010 the same year that the rockefeller report comes out telling you all this so bill gates he's been advocating for years okay for massive population reduction i've talked about it before handfuls of times in fact while we're doing clips i have a clip of bill gates from a long time ago let me see if i can find that where he talks about population control i don't have it actually let me add it because if i'm going to talk about this i mean we got to talk about it it's creepy i mean bill gates is always telling you about reducing population Okay, let's see. We got contact tracing. Ugh. Get to that shit. Get to that. Uh, give me one minute. We'll look through my sounds. Yeah, I don't see it. I'm going to have to refine that. That's a bummer. I've played it before. If you want to go back to an old episode, you can listen to it. But he's all about population control. He, I mean, there's so many clips, unbanned clips on YouTube that you can look. So... As I was talking about Bill Gates, and for more than 20 years of their foundation and their extensive vaccination programs in Africa, India, other places, I mean, Africa we know about already, but what about India and their sterilization rates? Anger is growing in central India, where at least a dozen women have died, dozens more have become ill after more than 80 women were sterilized by just one doctor on a single day. The surgeries took... Just one doctor? <laughs> what the fuck? So, Africa, India, other places around the world, they've all seen a record of involuntary sterilization of women between 14 and 49 years old. And that's everyone. <laughs> so, three things that we need to watch for. Okay, three big problems. First, an electric ID, okay, for every person on the planet. Okay, it'll be in the form of a nanochip and, in my opinion, injected along with uh, the mandatory vaccination. Now, this nanochip could be remotely uploaded with all personal data. You're on the grid system, and it's always inside you. And what this means, right? I talk about the social credit score in previous podcasts. Now, what does that mean? Well, here's an example. This is most everyone's, everyone's example. Right now, we have a surge of Black Lives Matter, Antifa, anti-America, and what do they want? Raise your fists in solidarity. That's what they want. And if you don't do that, you're ignorant. So they're creating this, this societal illusion that black people are taking over. But they're also creating the illusion. They're creating that illusion through the other illusion that cops are just shooting black people for no reason. That all the Trump supporters are racists. 
So this electronic ID will be your social credit score. So if you if you say, you know, fuck Black Lives Matter, well, you might not get on a plane because when they pull up your social credit score, your electric ID, it might tell them that you're not for Black Lives Matter. And the way that the news and the media and everybody gives you their response to when you say things like that is that, oh, well, you, you must hate black people. You're not flying with, my, with, with Delta. You're not flying with my airline. It's going to get there. Okay, so the second thing is, of course, you know, digital money, cashless society. Again, I talked about that last week. No more cash. They're already doing this, this fake shortage of change. Okay, there's not a change shortage. But they, they put that in your mind. I mean, there is technically because they've, they've created it. How they manipulate us is insane. And it comes from the very tip top. If you want to figure this out, you're not going to find that on Fox News or CNN or anything else. Digitized money. Now, that's, we all know why that's a problem. Once all money and currency is digital, okay, what they're doing is they're breaking down the world economy, okay, region by region, country by country, even state by state. So they destroy the economy, get rid of cash, which makes all the money in the, in the currency virtual, which makes it easy to control. You can't control cash, but you can control it if it's virtual. You control who has what money. It sounds crazy, but that's what this is. It is crazy. Now, the, the next thing is something that I've briefly talked about. Um, I don't know, maybe episode uh, 18 or 19. I think 19. And it's the universal rolling out of 5G, which is supposed to be followed by 6G. Now, 5G, there's ample studies on how 5G will poison us. It makes us sick. It destroys our immune system through an immense amount of radiation because as of last year, our entire our entire planet is now aligned completely with 5G satellites. Do you see what's happening? Do you see how we've built a grid, a big power grid? So what does this mean? So this is obviously leading to a total control of every person on the planet. It's sold to the public as the internet of things, IOT, meaning things like self-driving cars, robot kitchen equipment, artificial intelligence for production and every, every aspect of delivery of everything. Now, what this sales pitch doesn't tell you is how humans would be marginalized and enslaved. Now, to carry this master plan forward, high-frequency electromagnetic waves are needed. Therefore, rolling out 5G is a must, no matter what the health impact on humans is. Or even just the globe, plant life, anything. Now, it doesn't matter how it will affect viral infections like possibly COVID-19. 
Now, this is a precursor for understanding how things are being planned, right? It may help you like figure out why or what or how or who. So the first phase of the lockdown scenario, okay, it portrays in vivid colors the criminal nature of the dark, deep state. A division of the Rockefeller Empire, which I'm not going to dive too far back, but it is a reincarnation of the Roman Empire. Now, one of the one of the top operated cities of the Roman Empire was a city called York. I'll let that sink in. By all means, look it up. A city in Rome called York. Now, the Roman Empire supposedly fleed there when it began to crumble. And if, then the Roman Empire, by the way, is what began all of this. So they, they, they all flee to this York, right? And then what? We got all these years later, we got New York. Where the Rockefeller Foundation, the Rockefeller Empire, Rockefeller Empire operates out of. Now, what do we call New York? The Empire State. This is insane. But I digress. So, where are we at here? All right. I was talking about COVID, the Rockefellers, um, a fake public emergency by the WHO. Um, of course, social engineering being applied. You know, governments are pressured, you know, into extending lockdowns. Uh, despite the consequences uh, economically. Um, so we talk about China. So stage one of all this, and again, this is documented. Okay, you got a trade war against China. The WHO Director General had the backing of Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, Big Pharma, the WEF, The WF is in Davos, Switzerland. Of course, the Davos group, hence the Great Reset. That's where that came from. Okay. Of course, January, the WHO launches this global emergency. The Trump administration announced it's going to deny entry to foreign nationals who have traveled to China in the last 14 days, immediately triggering a crisis in air transportation, U.S.-China trade, as well as tourism, Italy then follows suit, canceling all their flights to China. So we got this trade war. Okay. Now the second stage, you've got a financial crash. And this all comes from fear. Stock market manipulation. Okay. Global financial crisis unfolded in the course of the month, of, uh, the month of February culminating in a dramatic collapse of stock market values as well as major decline in the value of crude oil. The collapse was manipulated. It was the object of insider training, training, trading, foreknowledge, the fear campaign, right? That's what it is. Now we get to the lockdown. Okay, this, finan this financial crash in February was immediately followed by the lockdown in early March. The lockdown 
and confinement, supported by social engineering, was instrumental in reconstructing the global economy, okay? Resetting our global footprint, depopulating the earth, the, the complete global reset, hence the Great Reset, okay? Applied simultaneously in large-numbered countries, the lockdown triggered the closing down of the national economy, okay? So that breaks down supply, tra- or supply trading, supply chains. So obviously politicians lie to you about this, right? But who controls the politicians? Okay, they're political instruments. So we got this fear campaign. You got social distancing, closed down economy, you got totalitarian measures being imposed, which I never thought I'd see. So we got a global stock market crash, right? Now, there's a quote from uh, Henry Kissinger that I want to talk about. It says, control oil and you control nations. Control food and you control people. Now, think about that. So, just like Bill Gates, the Rockefellers are, quote, well-meaning, right? They have never made a secret of their desire to reduce the world population. It's in your face. They tell you. Okay? Of course, through the form of uh, eugenics, eradicating poverty. Uh, For example, through, you know, vaccination, starting in Africa, of course. You know, Bill Gates has recently suggested that he would try out his new corona vaccine in Africa. To which even his friend, Dr. Tedros, uh, who's the WHO Director General, protested. The coronavirus pandemic has brought poverty, famine to millions around the world. Now, to the contrary, it would seem that almost all governments are co-opted or tactically coerced into adhering to these guidelines. So that's going to lead me to break for a little bit. Um, We're at an hour. Yeah. So I'm going to take a break, maybe grab some Joe, and we're going to come back and talk about more of this lockdown, this pandemic. And again, I'm beating a dead horse. Everybody knows these things, but I've never done a real breakdown of the Rockefeller Report and what they tell you is coming so stick around and uh when we return i'm not sure what we're going to start with but ladies and gentlemen i'll be back soon and uh yeah enjoy
Okay. Here we go. Welcome to the second hour of the live, always ongoing apocalypse. That we've reached a new tier, a new frequency. Folks, this is it. I mean, this is what this is what people have been telling you about. All the big conspiracy guys, all the guys, you know, the uh, Bill Gates and the Rockefellers. It's all this. This is it. It's happening. So let's jump straight into it. We were talking before we went to break about the Rockefeller Foundation, the global reset, the COVID hoax, this manufactured new world order shutdown, and we're going to keep on. We're going to keep going. We were talking a little bit about vaccines, and we're really just breaking this down. We're breaking down the entire COVID manufactured lockdown. Uh, Let's see where we are here. So, I want to talk about Australia. I've mentioned them briefly on previous podcasts talking about the lockdown and COVID. But Australia is 100% the test. It's a test rollout for this new world order shutdown. All right. So several journalists in Australia have noticed that it looks like a totalitarian a totalitarian that's a hard word a police state that has existed in recent history so right now in the uh, western world Australia and New Zealand are slamming citizens with perhaps the most draconian measures yet all right these are policies that the elites want to introduce everywhere but they are going full on in Australia and it just continues to get worse all right in various areas of Australia level uh was it level 4 response measures have been enforced for at least the next 6 weeks i mean including curfews strict mask policies including people being forced to wear masks outside, which is ridiculous. Which, by the way, the the masks are never going away. Now that we've let Biden steal this election, which, again, hopefully things change, but in the event that they don't, this is what we're looking forward to. Everything I'm about to break down for you with Australia is exactly what we have to look forward to. So... Masks outside. Residents aren't allowed to travel more than three miles from their homes. And only one person from that household is allowed to leave at any given time. That is crazy. Now, citizens who violate these rules are immediately subject to $10,000 fines or even arrest. And yeah. People are being arrested for not wearing a mask and being too far from their house. I see video of it all the time. And the way that these people get arrested is just brutal. It's all George Floyd training. 
They all do the knee on the neck. That's how they get these people arrested. That's how they take them away. They put their knee on their neck. They, you know, you're being arrested. You're breaking curfew. You're not, you know. It's all George Floyd training. They use that as a visual rollout to normalize this stuff. So New Zealand, which the situation there has gotten worse, you know, while Australia has been using, you know, quarantine facilities to force people um, who are considered high risk to isolate themselves, New Zealand quarantine camps are now fully under control of the military. All citizens who test positive are suspected to have or suspected to have COVID can be separated from their families, placed in these camps, which are basically just hotels that have been converted into prisons. So what it is is the complete erasing of personal liberties all because of an increase in cases which has amounted to 525 deaths total in Australia and 22 deaths in New Zealand. That's it. I mean, these are basic human rights being taken away. So these, uh, these elitists that I keep talking about, they're using Australia to test out these authoritarian measures. Things like getting the public used to a police state where the military, the police, both uh, patrol the streets, ready to commit violence against anybody, refusing to quarantine when, when they're not even sick, or not wearing their mask. Um, we're in big trouble. If we can't get... Oh, here we go. More breaking news. Uh, U.S. tops 10 million coronavirus cases amid surge in infections. Wow. Back to the COVID headlines, I guess. Anywho. So we are. We're in big, big trouble. If we can't get the military and the police who are committing violence on behalf of tyrants, if we don't get them to realize what they're doing to humanity, this is... We're in serious issues. And all of this... Over 17 new cases of COVID. This is horrifying. But people buy the scam over and over again. All manufactured through fear. So the media, the media has been preparing us for what they're calling a dark winter. And a second wave. Since the first false wave happened. So don't live a life terrified Make sure you inform yourself. Listen to this. Share this information. Now, the reason some think Australia and New Zealand have been targeted with these levels of restrictions first, before anybody else, is because they have been nearly completely disarmed. No means to defend themselves. No Second Amendment to protect them from tyrannical overstep from government. Okay, another important point to uh, note here is that both Australia and New Zealand are countries that are within this Rothschild organization. 
along with another Rothschild country, Israel, we find the highest levels of government heavy. Very, very heavy. Imposing hard lockdowns. But why? Okay, the UK is about to enter a period of harder lockdowns. They're telling you. It's already admitted. Now, is this because they need the Rothschilds to show to show the U.S.? I, I don't know. In my opinion, I think that these peace deals that Trump are, are, are setting up or the impending peace deals between Trump and the Middle East and Israel, is this affecting some... Israeli takeover or is it the Muslim Brotherhood potentially infiltrating the United Nations which I haven't got to yet because I'm not done reading so in states like New York there are these low-key programs okay setting up COVID checkpoints We've, you've heard me talk about the COVID checkpoints right Checking vehicles coming in and out of the state. This is how it begins, right? This is how it starts. And it it carries over to Antifa and Black Lives Matter. Setting up their own checkpoints in these places like Seattle, Portland. These places that are shitholes now. Okay, these these checkpoints are going to be established, you know, by the guise of keeping infected people out of the state. But the same checkpoints are going to keep people from leaving the state. And then we're going to have checkpoints where random tests will be given to people with fever or symptoms of illness. But if this is allowed to continue, that natural progression of checkpoints, which is to terrify the population and not traveling anywhere for any reason. So just like Australia and New Zealand... People will effectively be imprisoned to their homes, put on house arrest, bringing in these laws, these executive orders, punishing people for leaving home. It'll be 10 times easier. Okay, elites and globalists within the U.S. are already calling for hard lockdowns for at least six weeks. And by the way, don't forget, this whole lockdown... In the United States, anyways, was a 14-day lockdown. Does anybody remember? Or did they already win? Because they bank on us forgetting, right? They bank on us not remembering what they told us. Okay, because what they told us is that you're going to have a 15-day lockdown. Or what was, it was a 14-day lockdown. No, it was 15. A 15-day lockdown. And here we are. Already passed the presidential election. It's insane. They lied to us. So the elites are already calling for these lockdowns. Just like the level 4 lockdown in Australia. Okay. Uh, Neil Kashkari. From the Federal Reserve. Okay, recently said that Americans are saving more 
Thus, they should be subjected to hard lockdowns because they can afford it. That's a quote. Because they can afford it. Okay, Virginia is already planning mandatory COVID vaccinations. I've said that already. Even though vaccines for things like SARS have proven impossible to develop in the past. Okay, so these rushing vaccines, okay, has a history of harming, killing people, which is a bit redundant. So set aside the issue that the government power, or sorry, that giving government power to force citizens to inject anything is immoral, not to mention against a Geneva Convention. So where does this take us? Does it take us to FEMA camps or COVID camps or whatever they're going to call it? Unless America makes a hard stand, which, as we've just seen from the election, it's, it may not happen. All right, mainstream media, they've been suggesting this strategy for months. The Washington Post, they applaud the use of forced isolation camps in other nations. They wonder why the U.S. has yet to start this. But see, many Americans won't go along with these measures, which we have a Second Amendment. Okay, we will use force against people trying to lock them up because of the virus, which is a moderate threat and a small percentage of the population. It's a small percentage of death. You have a higher percentage or a higher likeliness of being struck by lightning or hit by a bus than dying from COVID. So, let's see. So, while the power to create a fiat currency out of nothing but debt creation has afforded them to immense economic and political control, yeah? So, 2008 demonstrated that their usury fraud, and certainly will, collapse. Hence the Great Reset. So responding to the pandemic or saving lives has nothing to do with that. It's a process of transition laid out by the WEF, the World Economic Forum, as this Great Reset. Okay, It builds upon sustainable development goals of the United Nations agenda for 2030. Okay, Founded upon the general eugenicist ideology of this Rockefeller family. This new global governance and a technocracy that I've been telling you about. Get off Facebook. That's a good start. What do we need to do? Get off Facebook. So with the technocracy which is just technocrats appointed by, uh, not even elected, but appointed for their particular exercise, which always sounds appealing to a percentage. But this model proposed, it relies upon the destruction of nation states to be replaced by a distant global technocratic order that only serves the interest of its founding oligarchs and financial benefactors. Okay, this technocratic system was already outlined 
1974. Okay, former U.S. Ambassador Richard Gardner, a member of the CFR, the Trilateral Commission. I'm going to read you this quote. He says, Never has there been such widespread recognition by the world's intellectual leadership of the necessity for cooperation and planning on a truly global basis. Never has there been such an extraordinary growth in the constructive potential of transnational private organizations. Not just multinational corporations, but international associations of every kind in which like-minded persons around the world weave effective patterns of global action. Okay. The global COVID-19 crisis is a collapsing event, all right? It's already been misused to bring about this early global reset that was scheduled for 2030. Now it's 2020. But in order to convince the people to comply with these orders, governments in the, and the media calculated this population and shoved them into a state of fear, right? In other circumstances, this would have been impossible without a revolt, a revolution, which could still be common. We can all hope. But terrorizing the public was essential. Again, creating this, this false fear so you'll give up your liberties in order to keep you safe. <sighs> so this, is, this has been branded as the new normal. All right. The objective here was to move people towards passively accepting this dictatorship of surveillance state. Okay, it appears to most or sorry, it appears most people have been sufficiently frightened to just accept this enslavement. So throughout the great reset transition that they hope to be peaceful the public face of the globalist project has been Bill Gates. But while Gates used this wealth and power to seize all the control of all the, all the global health policies, he's just a front man for this Rockefeller empire. His dad worked with David Rockefeller in eugenics. Now, I never even considered to look up Bill Gates Sr. I never even considered going down that, that path. I'm glad I did. Okay. So it's the technical or the technological possibilities presented by this fourth industrial revolution, which the architects of the world are now capitalizing on. So, for example, there's no evidence that COVID-19 can be even spread by handling cash. But mainstream media continues to float this idea. So, again, these rollout schemes, these test runs, like the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation-backed West African Wellness Pass, it's already underway. 
by linking biometric identification along the lines of the uh, Bill and Melinda Gates funded Rockefeller and UN backed ID 2020 with cashless payment systems. All transactions can be centrally controlled in the rapidly approaching cashless society. So when, when your biometric identity includes your vaccine immunity status, there will be no, nece- no necessity to legislate to make vaccines compulsory. Thus avoiding any contentious public debate, right? As long as you fully comply with the orders, you'll be allowed controlled access to social and economic activity. Remember that social credit score. So systems like immunity passport, remember? I talked about your social credit score halting you from even flying, doing anything. So systems like immunity passport, vaccine certificates will be used to control freedom of movement, the right to work, access services. Okay, it's described by Rockefeller's New World Order spokesman, Bill Gates. He says, eventually we will have some digital certificates to show who has recovered or been tested recently or when we have a vaccine, who has received it. So while vaccines may not be compulsory, you won't realistically be able to participate in society. Okay? So that's unemployment. You can't run a business. You can't receive benefits. Not without the vaccine or immunity status. So the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation has already invested over $21 million in this MIT project to create a microneedle vaccine delivery system that will inject a reactive dye under the recipient's skin, which can then be scanned by a reader, right? So I've talked about this before. So this pattern on your arm will act as a barcode. It's a tattoo. It's permanent, but it acts as somewhat of a barcode, enabling the global authorities to monitor and control your whereabouts and your behavior. Again, I've warned you about this. This this tattoo. It's it's a big system. It's a big enslavement system. They're in, they're controlling us from the tippy top. They taught us to fight with each other, and they've enslaved us both. So this. Let's see. This quarantine policy in New Zealand, um, Australia, and Israel, it's designed to maintain the level of fear and accustom the population to a dictatorship. Okay, it appears to be... to encourage insurrection and to revolt, right? So with a monopoly on violence and the use of force, violent uprisings... um does nothing but benefit this authoritarian state. It allows them to claim legitimacy for an event more oppressive uh, lockdown. So the global response to COVID-19 has deviated little from their Rockefeller suggested lockstep scenario. It's what we've been talking about. So while New Zealand is the first democratic state to raid family homes and remove people by force it's coming here 
So world economic activity will be administered by biosecurity states. All based on sustainable development goals, right? You hear Biden talk about that all the time. So this new uh, global economy will be restricted to permitted businesses. So prior to his departure of governor of the Bank of England, in lockstep with the Great Reset, Mark Carney warned that companies that don't allow or that don't follow the correct sustainability policies will go bankrupt without question. That's a quote. So in other words, lines of credit without which businesses can open, hope to function, will be limited only to those who adopt the approved policies. We're seeing that now in the United States. We're seeing that with this mask mandate. Or you, you come into my restaurant, you have to wear a mask all the way to sit down, and then as soon as you sit down, you can take it off. There's zero logic. But this is the start, right? It's putting it in our heads. It's, it's normalizing it. So Carney's successor, Andrew Bailey, he's already stated that it would be important not to keep people in unproductive jobs, he calls them. You know, unessential. They deem everybody unessential. And then job losses as a result of COVID were inevitable. So, Where are we at here? Oh, COVID, Great Reset. So it's important to recognize that this global lockdown response was a political choice. Okay, it was made only to create the economic condition for this Great Reset. Okay, completely unavoidable. There's no evidence that lockdowns are making any difference. Okay, South Korea, Japan, Sweden, they did not impose these full lockdowns and they have better COVID outcomes than the UK or the US. So, these are the two families' determination to bring about this great reset, change the world's economy and society, controlled completely by them. They're currently spending billions of dollars globally on propaganda only to convince us that their new normal, which is what they call it, this new normal, they require consent if any of this is going to work. In order, well, in other words, in order to scooper them, all anybody has to do is refuse to comply. Okay, you got peaceful protests from the right. But ultimately, this is what everyone has to do to make the difference. So no industry, no business will be able to avoid avoid the impact of these changes, right? Either you adapt or you don't survive. So... It's your smaller companies and independent-run businesses that are faced with ruin, opening the door to a new era of mergers, 
acquisitions that will further erode consumer choice, competition. They're obviously monopolizing all of their businesses through these lockdowns, right? So who is, you pay attention, if you want to pay attention, you got to check which of these famous rich people have grown their net worth since these lockdowns, okay? Let's just take Jeff Bezos. Okay, Jeff Bezos has nearly tripled his net worth through this lockdown. And now the first time I told somebody that, their first initial response, which is exactly what they want, is for you to go, well, that's normal. I would expect that. Everybody's locked down and everybody's ordering off Amazon. Okay. So it's obviously calculated. They've, they're monopolizing businesses. They're monopolizing the economy. So the WHO is, you know, it said that COVID-19, it says, does not constitute an ex- existential threat or a shock that will leave its imprint on the world's population for decades. But the truth is, there's been no widespread anything. But this distinction is one that mainstream outlets, mainstream media in particular, they refuse to engage with. It's an old cliche of dominoes falling. But this chain reaction, which was evident back in 2008, the scale of change that globalists are calling for through this great reset which, is a defini- which by definition is global in nature, will require the implosion of the current world order to lay the foundations for a new world order. Now, the potential for a contested, well, definitely a contested U.S. election. Now, this, these warnings of vaccine nationalism Okay. Eventually, Bill Gates, as the front man for this, will be rolling out vaccines in America. Okay. There will be forced inoculations. You won't have a choice. You won't be able to travel. But let's keep in mind who's pushing this. It's only global, initi- you know, global institutions who promote this initiative. It's never national administrations. Okay, when it starts to permeate politics is when you know that the agenda is advancing. So, they've created sheep. They've created sheep that follow orders, they follow the media... So we have the political operation for COVID. Now, this type of COVID phenomena relates in which a a modestly lethal respiratory pathogen has been inflated into a perennial public health crisis in order to implement economic, societal changes that would otherwise be impossible. 
But this is the political part of COVID, right? It's more difficult to define. Okay, COVID is just a vehicle. It's a shuttle for the Rockefeller empire. Okay, it's their way to, to roll out this authoritarian government, one world government. Now, people think it's more for climate change, you know, rather than build consensus among the world leaders for mandatory carbon reductions and carbon tax. They've already said they want to tax carbon. So, global mandarins have simply imposed lockdowns that sharply reduce economic activity. Less less people traveling, less cars, less planes. All of this has lowered emissions significantly. But at what cost? Okay, COVID restrictions have triggered a sharp uprise in suicides, clinical depression, child abuse, domestic violence, alcoholism, I know firsthand, and drug abuse. Okay, this goes on and on. It's left economies everywhere destroyed, increasing the unemployment, homelessness, massive famine all around the world and third world countries at biblical proportions. I'm going to play this quick clip and I'll return. Recovered. We understand that you just suffered from COVID-19 yourself. Of course, we are about to have a very important conversation right now because the most vulnerable, the poorest in the world, not only unable to work because of global lockdowns, but also seeing food prices surging because of panic buying and supply chain disruptions. How bad could it be? Well, it could be bad, and it is bad already. We're already seeing... Uh, the symptoms and the beginning of the spread in Africa, which is going to be catastrophic. I mean, you've seen the disruption in some of the most sophisticated supply chain countries in the world, like the United States. And you can imagine if you have a problem there, what you're going to have in the most fragile environments or economies in the world, like in Africa. And so we had just come out incidentally or coincidentally with a report of last year's severe food shortage or the severe food insecurity for people, 135 million people literally marching toward the brink of starvation and now compound that with covid we're looking at the possibility of 265 million people marching toward the brink of starvation and this will be an absolute uh, catastrophe so what are you proposing nations should do right now well they've got a lot of things they got to do number one you cannot uh, you cannot pit the COVID virus against the hunger. You have to work this together. We've got to keep supply chains going. We've got to get the economy moving as fast as we possibly can. You've got to give us the access and the funds that we need, particularly in the fragile environments. Otherwise, you'll have destabilization, migration by necessity, and the list of issues that come with that, which is much more costly than humanitarian support. David, how, I guess, how much does something like the U.S. policy, and we know President Trump doesn't necessarily like certain U.N. bodies, he's now withdrawn funding for the WHO, for example, how much that does that further endanger the people that you say are vulnerable and at risk? Well, amazing, but the United States government, uh, with the Trump administration, Republicans and Democrats, who seem to be fighting on everything, 
when it comes to food security in the World Food Program, our in fact our our budget has gone up from 1.9 billion to 3.4 billion. So there's been an extraordinary commitment. And actually, I'm in Washington today, uh, meeting with leaders, talking with senior leaders on the Hill, as well as uh, the other end of Pennsylvania Avenue, talking about the implications and the impact of COVID, and that you can't just look at one perspective of COVID. You've got to see the complete picture. And that's why we're trying to explain to leaders we've got to keep the supply chains going. We cannot in any way shut down. I'm going to stop this shit. So it's like they want to pin this on Trump like it's because of him that third world countries are starving. But it's not COVID that are killing these people. It's this lockdown. So key players in this COVID crisis, okay, Bill Gates, they continue to marvel at impact these, you know, onerous restrictions have had on emissions. Okay, take take a look at a recent post from from Bill Gates's blog. He said, "You have you may have seen projections that because economically, sorry, economic activity has slowed down so much, the world will emit fewer greenhouse gases this year than last year. Although these projections are certainly true." Their importance for the fight against climate change has been overstated. It's just not good enough. So consider what's consider what it's taking to achieve this eight percent reduction, this this lowered carbon emissions. Okay, more than six hundred thousand people have died. Tens of millions are out of work. This April, or I think it will be this coming April. No, it would be this past April. Um, so April 2020, it was said that car traffic was half of what it was in April 2019. So for months, air traffic virtually came to a halt. To put it mildly, this is not a situation that anyone would want. Yet we're still, we're still on track to emit 92% as much carbon as we did last year. What's remarkable is... It's not how much emissions will go down because of the pandemic, but how little. In addition, these reductions are being achieved at literally the greatest possible cost. So isn't it odd that that Bill Gates has spent so much time calculating the impact lockdowns have had on carbon emissions? And look at how precise his calculations are. Gates' interest in these matters is not merely speculative curiosity. Okay, he and his fellow elites are conducting an elaborate science experiment in which we were lab rats. Okay, what Bill Gates says is, if reducing economic activity isn't going to work, then we have to find an entirely different solution, like reducing the size of the population. I mean, that's the only conclusion. So COVID has a lot to do with population control, thinning the herd. But population control is just a small part of a much more ambitious plan to reconstruct the global economy, vaccinate everyone on the planet, and dispose of those niggling civil liberties to which Americans have become attached to. So here's a quote, okay? 
from this WEF's COVID action platform. Okay. So COVID-19 lockdowns may be gradually easing, but anxiety about the world's social and economic prospects is only intensifying. There's good reason to worry. A sharp economic downturn has already begun, and we could be facing the worst depression since the 1930s. But while the outcome is likely, it is not unavoidable. To achieve a better outcome, the world must act jointly and swiftly to revamp all aspects of our societies and economies, from education to social contracts and working conditions, every country from the United States to China must participate, and every industry from oil to gas to tech must be transformed. In short, we need a great reset of capitalism. So clearly, the will to build a better society does exist. If it sounds like our illustrious leaders want to remake society from the ground up, it's because that's exactly what they have in mind. They're not even trying to hide this. It's in your face. Okay, they say, the world must act jointly and swiftly to revamp all aspects of our society and economies from education to social contracts and working conditions. But how do they intend to affect these dramatic and revolutionary changes? Well, the COVID cover, obviously. They're going to use COVID to make fundamental changes to an existing system, including accelerating privatization, merging governments into an unified global regime, intensifying the elements of social control, hence mass electronic surveillance, intrusive contact tracing, security checkpoints, lockdowns, internal passports, biometric IDs, it goes on, and taking whatever steps are required to introduce a tyrannical brave new world. So in order to build a better society, we need to make radical changes to our lifestyles, including reductions in frequent air travel and working from home rather than going out and working in an office. Now this statement makes clear, it makes clear that the obliteration of millions of jobs and small businesses was not an accidental casualty. Okay, they consider us non-essential and then they get rid of it. Now, where does that leave us? Where does that leave the working middle class? We will be slaves. So, I always talk about everything being upside down and crazy right now. But it's all by design. The more turbulent the world becomes, the easier it is to get people to submit to dumb fucking activities like wearing a face mask. When they, when they tell you to wear a face mask when you have sex. <sighs> Another quote from Kissinger. It says, the reality is the world will never be the same after the coronavirus. To argue now about the past only makes it harder to do what has to be done. So how would I don't understand how the world would never be the same again. 
So as Kissinger has clearly stated, globalization is still alive and well among the Davos heavyweights who now see a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to put their plan into action. So parts of Australia and New Zealand, going back to them, okay, they're already under de facto martial law. While Boris Johnson, the prime minister, okay, he's adding another 2,000 cops in London only to enforce COVID mandates. So everywhere in the Western world, freedom is collapsing. And we don't even see what's coming. Okay, we're standing on a precipice with the state attempting to push us over the edge. Once over the edge, there's no coming back. So the global universal lockdown has already devastated and will continue to devastate for years to come. Our economy, our jobs, businesses, livelihoods, society. What we call normal is gone forever now. Nations, mostly developing countries who play ball, will get money, aid money, loans, grants from the IMF, the World Bank, other big institutions, global institutions. But under the condition that they follow and submit to the Great Reset, the aid is a tool for further enslavement. So this is what, this is where we are. Now, what, the, what to achieve from this? What's the point? World domination. Well, it's not ever that simple. You know, corporate greed, financial control, an Orwellian 1984-style mind control. The world dollar empire. And its predecessor, the British Empire, have ruled much of the world for 400 years. China has emerged as one of the most powerful challengers to that empire. And if China can't be destroyed, the dollar empire will be vanquished. So what we have is very dangerous. That... That's pretty much an overlay of this manufactured lockdown, this, this pandemic. And what they've done is they've set us up. Okay, think about, okay, the rest of the world, sure, but think about, think about the election, all right, and what we just witnessed as Americans. We're talking about this totalitarian control. Again, what did Biden say? Folks, we got a lot of work to do. I don't really need you to get me elected. I need you once I'm elected. He doesn't need you to get elected because they put him there. Again. The fact is, whether he knows it yet or not, he will be leaving. Uh, just because- That's Pelosi talking about Trump. Again, here's Hillary. So we've got to have a massive legal operation and i know the biden campaign is working on that we have to have poll workers and i urge people who are able to uh, be a poll worker we have to have our own uh teams of people to counter the 
the force of intimidation that the Republicans and Trump are going to put outside polling places. This is a big organizational challenge, but at least we know more about what they're going to do. And, you know, Joe Biden should not concede under any circumstances because I think this is going to drag out. And Mm -hmm. eventually, I do believe he will win if we don't give an inch. Yeah. And again, one more. Here's Pelosi again. The fact is. Nope. Same one. Uh, there it is. But we are ready. I feel very confident that Joe Biden will be elected president on Tuesday. Whatever the end count is. Nah, whatever it is, right? So again, let's play a clip of Giuliani. These are clips I played last week, but in case you missed it, here's uh, Rudy Giuliani talking about the Biden crime family. You want proof? New York Times? Want proof? Twitter? You want proof? Facebook? You want proof, you corrupt, lying, whatever you are? Here's the proof. I didn't write it. Russians didn't write it. And I didn't get the 30 million. Your prince got it. The prince of darkness, Joe Biden. The guy who used his son, a drug addict, to be his bag man. Why do you think his son lost his teeth at 40 years old? Because under this kind of pressure, working with murderers and organized criminals like Mykola Zoshevsky and Elena Buterina and Xi Ying Ming at the bottom of the river and Whitey Bulger's nephew, what do you think happens to a drug addict dad when you put him in with people like that? He becomes a much worse drug addict. He becomes a degenerate drug addict. You couldn't find some bum in Washington to do this for you? You had to use your son and ruin his life? And you want to be president of our country? My goodness, you should check in to the local federal prison and start doing your time. That's where you belong, not in the White House. You used your family to pick up your bribes, hide your bribes, live the life of a billionaire. And by the way, I don't think you failed in all those negotiations just because you're stupid. I think you failed in those negotiations because you sold out the United States of America. That's what I think you did. And you were ready to do it again if we didn't catch you. This this whole deal was done in anticipation of your being president with the Chinese intelligence services. And I don't care if the liberal media covers up for you. Get them, Rudy. So that's who that's who we supposedly just put in office. So we so what does this mean for this global initiative? Well, all, all of this Biden laptop fiasco, it's all based on blackmail. Say it again. So I said that last week. You know, Epstein was just a little miniature version, a little sliver of that blackmail. That explains the child sex operations. We're past that. We go up a tier. Now we got Biden. He's running for president. His son on video smoking crack. 
in pictures with topless 15-year-olds. But it's just not credible, apparently. You know, you have the proof, but it's not credible. So following this blackmail pattern, keep going up a tier. So China is the one that got this footage. China is the one that took the pictures. China is the one that recorded it. They use it to blackmail him. They got enough money in circulation, unmarked money, with the Biden family to blackmail them to do whatever they want to do. And that's what just unfolded in front of us with this election. We said we had Trump taking the election away legally with probably a world record of, of support from the people. And not just America. Countries all around the world are waking up to this globalism bullshit. So follow the blackmail all the way up the ladder. It lands with these groups I've been talking about all morning long. They blackmail and use the same strategy to pull the strings that they need to pull. Biden just got installed as president, which is exactly how they worded what they were going to do. Trump's going to take him to court. What's going to come of that? I don't know. I don't know. We might have just lost our republic. And I'll tell you right now, and then I'm going to get out of here, if we just, if we let them take our republic like this, that means Biden and Harris will be our president. Now, what does that mean? Well, we were just reading about this lockdown. We were just going on about the lockdown. Biden is going to finish it. Hillary was going to finish it. But she didn't make it to office. That was a monkey wrench for these guys. Got to understand that. Trump was not part of the plan. And if you want to support him for any reason, it's that. Other than the fact that he's a pro-American populist. And a nationalist. And a capitalist. But all that aside, he was not supposed to win. Because it all, all of those candidates before him are all calculated. They're all placed, just like Biden was just placed. See, we got so normal with Trump being in there and calling everybody out, but now the business is going to get back to normal, no matter how they get in. I mean, that we're, we're going to see it happen again. They've already warning in the Middle East of war if Biden gets into office. Because they're going to continue the same plan that they've been doing for decades. And this, this global reset, this COVID lockdown, I mean, Biden's already said that he's going to impose mandatory national, or sorry, mandatory nationwide mask wearing. That means all of us have to wear the mask no matter what. Now, remember what I was saying about Australia and New Zealand. It's coming here. Period. I mean, it's, it's already on our doorstep. Virginia rolling out checkpoints and mandatory vaccinations. It's coming. How long until states like California, imagine under a Biden presidency, how long will it take for things like that to roll out in New York? New York will be first. Virginia will be the rollout, but New York will be the first official state doing these things. And how long until California follows? It's going to come down to 
fighting for our republic and fighting the globalists. They're taking our freedoms. They're taking our liberties and they're forcing us to stay inside, lowering our immune system for creating our, our lowered immune systems that's going to make us all sick from this virus that would never make us sick like they say it is. So that's what they're doing. That's what's behind all of this. That is the complete COVID breakdown. The Great Reset, the Davos Group, all of it. So, I'm glad I got that out of the way. Maybe by next Monday, all of this will calm down and I can return to doing a creepy conspiracy or a thought-provoking topic that's not related to any of this. But I, I would be doing you guys a disservice if I did not bring everybody up to speed on this. And you can get this information out there. You can get it anywhere. I'm not coining or, or saying that this is information that's not out there. It's all out there. But if you don't share it, so many of this information has been banned off of everything. You got to share it. Start supporting original websites. HTML sites. So folks, keep fighting. Don't give up on this election. But be ready for what comes next. Because I just laid it out for you. It's all coming here. And once they get it done here, they got it all. It's all under their control after that. All right. That's uh, today's show. Today's program podcast, address, whatever, sermon. So check us out on all your social media streaming services like, you know, obviously Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play. Uh, I'm working on big things for this uh, podcast, but you guys got to keep you know, supporting, keep sharing it with people, share the information, go to my YouTube channel. You can find it, you know, youtube.com slash, or just type in apocalypse live podcast. It'll be there. And, um, yeah, give us support on Instagram. Just again, apocalypse live and apocalypse live on YouTube, share the clips, search it on anything. It's there. This episode should be up by the end of the day. Um, all right. Again, I appreciate you listening. I hope you got a lot out of that as much out of it as I do. You know, I learned this stuff while I'm telling it to you. I learned more about it. So enjoy the rest of your week. Don't be stressing about the election too hard. Don't let them control you. Still live your life. And, uh, I'll catch you next Monday.